0: Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports, as well as anything and everything in between worth some action, and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go.
1: Welcome to the Side Action, episode six of season four. My name is Jim Weiglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Pool on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And my name is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31sroberts.
1: Follow the podcast at SignActionPod on Twitter. So, Action, congrats. We bounced back. We had a better week in the circuit contest, but how was the rest of your weekend?
0: Oh, man, huge weekend. I was killing it all day Sunday. Saturday Mm -hmm. was a little up and down in college football, but ended up about even, and then Sunday was just a, a big, big day, so... Those are kind of few and far between for me at least, but it's nice. It's a good feeling to have it and uh, way up through four weeks in the NFL season so far. So it's been very good. We also saw a show, first live show that I've seen since the pandemic, Saturday night. We went to see Glass Animals at a local amphitheater and we had a really great time. So it was a great weekend all around. How about you? That's all.
1: I had a good weekend. I mean, the betting side i'm I'm still rolling. I'm you know, no knock on wood. I'm six and oh so far action, you know, so I'm All doing right. pretty good on my personal side the last two weeks. so you know, thank you teasers. Uh, but you know i I had a good fun time. I played beach volleyball on Friday, you know kind of went off the rails a little bit, kind of went a little too hard, I guess after with margaritas and some more drinks, which was fun, but couldn't get up at sunrise to see see our guys who listen to the podcast here. I uh, did play indoor, actually, on Saturday during the day, which was whatever, because it was a beautiful day, but I um, hung out with a friend, checked out that Marvel exhibit, which was really nice at the Museum of Science and Industry, which is cool, and then, obviously, you know, hung out with a friend on um, Sunday during some games, but we were watching, obviously, all of our games did really well. I watched the early set of games, and, um, you know, <laughs> of course, I watched the Bears-Lions, Bears, Bears- Lions, which, you know, on the wrong side of that one, I only lost, but... um Other than that, you know, can't really complain. It's been kind of a weird week, as I was talking about to you. But um, overall, like, you know, got to get ready for fall. And, and, you know, for our loyal listeners, it's going to be a sad moment right now. Pour some out for the Shockers. There's not going to be a Shockers flag football season. I can't report on the Shockers or (laughs) our lines. So it's it's a bummer to me because I've been playing for so many years in this league. And uh, they've just kind of – the local league's – the, the clubs that run it I just don't like the way they've done it and now they've spread it all out and not enough interest which is kind of crazy that there's not enough interest for flag football on a Saturday mm-hmm. which you know we love day drink and action I know you do too so
0: yeah that's interesting that the uh, interest has waned especially after coming right off a pandemic you would think people would prefer to be outside and do active yeah, things
1: too and um, I'm not really sure the explanation but in the end, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do for my Saturdays here in the in the fall, and um, I'll bounce back. I probably won't watch as much college football as I would, <laughs> yeah. so it's good on the NFL. And maybe if my coaching will start at some point, I'll be doing that. And I can still play indoor sand and stuff, too, but I I like to take a little time off with my body action.
0: Yeah, well, so. maybe volleyball, hardcore volleyball updates can fill the void of the Shockers football updates. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So, all right, well, let's jump into it. Uh, our week four recap in the NFL. You know, first of all, it's, as we kind of talked about, it's a little bit leveling out. Uh, underdogs, you know, is more like seven and nine this week. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's it's getting there where it's 50-50, more or less. Uh, road dogs at five and six uh, against the number. Unders at nine and seven, which, you know, it's still kind of dominating, but, you know, getting a little closer and then as we mentioned road teams in general still are doing pretty well though 9 and 7 against the spread in week 4 um you know those trends for the home teams really still has, has hold held has held astute, hasn't it yeah yeah i
0: mean the the uh the road teams are uh playing well i don't know i i mean we've talked about it several times we can't really put a pin in it and why but i mean you do see that the underdogs didn't fare quite as well this week's since they had the last couple of weeks, I think they had an edge the first four, three weeks of the season, and right. now the favorites bounce back a little bit. And the unders, something I've been paying attention to is I kind of expected scoring might pick up a little bit after the first couple of weeks, and we haven't really seen that happen yet either. So right. I've been looking at playing some unders here a little bit more this week than I have in the last couple of weeks, personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of those games, maybe we'll talk about in a minute, but they were kind of shocking was you yeah, whatever Cleveland and, you know, Vikings team mm-hmm. seven. I mean, they couldn't score in that game. It was weird. You know, that was kind of a game that I thought could be a shootout, but it wasn't. And even that Raiders chargers game on Monday night, the Raiders started so slow, you know, you couldn't get to the, the original total. I mean, it was good live bet situation, but yeah. So the unders are still coming in. I didn't want to go too deep into this action, but I was kind of thinking just, you know, as I was watching games and, I get too much time on my hands you know from what i can see a lot of times if you were able to just pick the side you know what i mean mm-hmm. like a straight up pick including picking upsets of course um you i mean you do you do great so far this year there's only been 11 games where the favorite basically you know hasn't covered but won the game essentially other than that teams are winning outright meaning like if if you've got the dog and you're, you've got to believe they're going to win the game, they just win the game outright, right? So I'm looking at only 11 games out of the first 64 that the spread matters for the favorite. They either blow them out or to cover the spread easily, or you know they're going to lose the game, basically, is the way I've seen it.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, when you're looking at handicapping games, especially if you try to pinpoint those spreads, that might be a little bit closer to zero, like mm-hmm. four or five points or less. And if you try to pick out some games where you think that these team, the two teams are really evenly matched, if you gravitate towards the underdog side, then the points that you're getting there are just a bonus. The reality right. is they have a good chance of winning the game if you do your handicapping correctly and then you have the extra points on your side too. So right. I, I like that thought process a lot.
1: Yeah, and I, I did hear somebody say at one point, I don't remember who it was on Vsin that if you like the dog, you got to see them that they're going to win the game, mm-hmm. right? And that way you can feel more convicted about the pick. And even though, you know, for example, a team that won, but didn't cover were the box, we're probably talking about this at some point, but in that situation, I mean, the Pats did everything they could to win the game and they were right there. They, they almost did win the game. Right. Um, so that's kind of the approach that maybe I'll take, I don't know if you'll take it, but we've got to, instead of going for like, Ooh, are they going to cover like a seven point spread? You know, it's who's going to win the damn game. You know, um, so yeah well, let's uh, talk about highs and lows here you've got your guy uh highs which is <laughs> kyler murray he's leading he's definitely the the odds-on favorite to be the mvp this year he had another big game but it's both you know the the rushing yards in addition to the passing yards and he he just tore up that rams defense
0: yeah yeah i think it was, i mean murray had 268 passing yards but it was really the running game that did yeah. the damage against the rams i think Edmonds finished with over 100 yards and uh james connor has been playing really well for the cardinals offense too yep. and you know i didn't really get to see a lot of this game live i had been meaning to go back and watch the condensed version but didn't get around to it i mean i think this is just another data point for the rams defense being not quite as good as they have been in years past
1: agreed agreed no doubt that you know just let down spot you know i mean i think that We'll see if Murray, you know, when he was healthy last year, they were great. You know, they kind of cratered last year when he got hurt. Yeah. So, but their defense did play a little bit better, you know, for example, than the Bucks' defense against the Rams. So, um, we've got our guy, Taylor Heineke, you know, he's, uh, he's making plays for Washington football team. I mean, he, he got the two late scores. Um, he seems to be a capable quarterback. Thank God, because the defense sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, he brought them for behind. He got us that kind of miracle cover in that game against Atlanta.
0: Yeah, coming down to the end there, and I think they were down by two as they were driving down, and, and I knew that we were laying one in the contest, and uh, I figured they were going to end up with a field goal, and we were probably looking at a push, but that swing pass to McKissick on the right-hand side, and he dove from, like, the four- or five-yard line to get in the end zone. It was awesome. Woo-hoo-hoo. I was off the couch on that one. <laughs> but, I mean yeah. – Before that, though, there were so many extremely huge swing calls in that game that went against us. The roughing the passer against uh, Chase Young was ridiculous. And then Atlanta came down and scored a touchdown there. So there there was another huge swing in the game, too. I think it was a fumble of some sort that they called back. So I I still think that Washington was the clear-cut side there.
1: Yeah, I think Atlanta's not very good, and Washington's going to have to find their legs on defense. But you're right. Like the Chase Young play finally hit the quarterback— Oh, roughing the passer. How was that? Like, it was just a it was an interception, actually, on that. But I mean, they didn't need it was a fourth down. Yeah, play. I think. Down. But but still, I mean, yeah, that's that's nuts. But we uh, we talked about this last week and we ended up going with the Jets and not the Giants. But and you didn't do your parlay. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> but Giants and Jets, the you know, the New York Bowl, they both won. And, you know, and in some ways, convincing fashion, in a way, I I think that, you know, Zach Wilson played great in the second half, some big touchdowns. He only had one interception. Daniel Jones, 400 yards against that Saints defense. We got to talk about that. I don't know how this works, but he played great um, as well down in New Orleans. So you called it last week. You were down on those kind of stinky dogs and they came through.
0: Yeah, I think that Daniel Jones and the Giants offensive performance, deserves another mention without their top two receivers last weekend too. Yeah. both Slayton and uh, the I forget the other guy's name were out and it looks mm-hmm. like they are gonna return this week but Galladay played well last week too he finally was making some plays for the Giants and uh, Zach Wilson and Corey Davis really had a huge revenge game against the Titans and I, yeah. I think that one was probably a little bit more about the Titans being so crappy on defense but right the Giants' offensive performance came out of left field. Even I didn't expect that against a really good Saints D.
1: Yeah, I think you're thinking Sterling Shepard. But Shepard. the thing yeah. is that John John Ross, the ghost of John Ross shows up, and the guy had big plays, and then you've got, what is his name, Kadavius Tony or something, Kadavius yeah. Tony. It was like the rookie. He was electric. It was kind of interesting to watch that. I mean, you know, we'll talk about that later today because they obviously played Dallas this week. And then I noted the Browns' defense. I mean, this defense, I was on them early. I thought that, you know, obviously Miles Garrett could be the defensive player of the year. They they held the Vikings on 11 straight drives without points, and they didn't get the red zone. So after giving up like an 85-yard touchdown drive in their opening drive, the Vikings didn't even sniff the red zone.
0: Yeah, and they—I—I I believe going back to the game the week before, of course, it was Justin Fields in the first start, but they have allowed two opponent drives into the red zone in the last two weeks now, and uh, obviously way more impressive against the Vikings' more potent offense. But uh, the Browns' rush pass rush is getting home, and uh, I think that I would expect they're going to put Herbert under a little bit more pressure this week than he's seen so far in the season as well.
1: Yeah, it should be a really great game. In the lows, we talked about the Lions. <laughs> how did they not cover? They had four trips in the red zone. The first one was just ridiculous. This guy, Steve, we're watching the game. Steve's like, "What the fuck?" Like the T F. Like, I mean, how does he? It gets snapped off of Goff's shin and pops up in the air and lands in the Bears' hand. I mean, they went for fourth down and got stuffed. They they got. You know, strip sack, fumble on another one. I mean, it was just a joke, and they still only lose by, by 10. But, I mean, really the Bears, I mean, they did pretty good against them against defensively, but it was like the Lions should have scored at least another 17 points. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I still will contend, I'm not going to play. Thursday afternoon quarterback but I'll still contend that the Lions were the right side there they had every chance to cover that game and just couldn't get one in the end zone but I will say on the other side that Montgomery was running all over them until he got hurt so there's two sides to that story for sure
1: right 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 You've noted the uh, Titans offensive line. I mean, they were, (laughs) but, you know, it was a low, I guess, because they were just, they couldn't block, but, you know, they had seven sacks. They left seven sacks, but somehow Tannehill still threw for 300 yards. I mean, they they pushed it to overtime miraculously, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this offensive line used to be their strength.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue that they did well in run blocking, 177 rushing yards, but Tannehill was under pressure. I couldn't remember. I could count like at least five times during the game that the Titans were in pretty good position and the Jets defense would get a huge sack to either take them out of field goal range or put them way behind in the sticks. And ultimately that paid huge dividends in the final outcome.
1: Right. Right. Dolphins offense is a low. These guys and I, you know, people dog Tua. maybe he's not the answer for this team, but He's obviously the answer for this offense. This offense can't do anything. Mm -hmm. 100 yards to three quarters against the Colts who haven't been gangbusters on D. And, you know, without the garbage time, this team wouldn't have broke 200 yards. So I don't know what's going on with this offense.
0: Yeah, I think you got to probably say that Brissette is is a downgrade now after the three weeks that we've seen him in action with Tua's injury. And um, I think that Tua should be expected back soon, and certainly they'll welcome him back into the team.
1: Yeah, I think Will Fuller's hurt again, so that definitely blows the top off the defense. They can't do that anymore. Uh, and then I've noted the Bucs secondary. You know, this team, they they're three and one. Uh, you know, they they probably could. You know, they didn't win good at the Rams, but you know they probably should have lost this weekend. But they just their their secondary is garbage. They they bring up Richard Sherman off the street, you know, when he's starting and playing bump and run coverage. They let Mac Jones. I know you love Mac Jones, but. Nineteen straight completions to the rook. I was kind of baffled that um what's his name? What's the defensive coordinator? The-
0: oh
1: um, yeah. Sorry, America. But anyway, the Bucks defensive coordinator that everybody was talking up in the Super Bowl, he's just continually blitzing Mac Jones, who's obviously sidestepping Rush, getting passes off. Just plays own against the guy. The guys can't guard out there. And and now you got Carlton Davis, who I believe is out for a while. So that secondary is garbage.
0: Yeah, I heard on the radio this morning that this weekend the Bucks are expected to have a whole entire brand new secondary compared to what they started in week one. All four of their starters are now out or injured. Not only Carlton Davis, but Antoine Winfield was a DMP the last two days of practice, and um, it's just tough to play when you suffer those cluster injuries. And so. They're laying 10 points on the weekend. I, I guess it's against Jacoby Brissett, though, so <laughs> that's going to be uh, a tough one to call, but the Bucs definitely need to get healthy in that secondary.
1: Right. Todd Bowles. Sorry, America. Todd Bowles.
0: Former Loves Cardinals. <laughs> former <laughs> Cardinals coach.
1: Well, you know, this is the Cardinals. You know, this is where the Cardinals east, yeah. right, because it was in Bowles, and then they moved to Tampa, so... Yeah. All right, so key injuries. We've talked about. We didn't talk about about Jimmy G. You know, he was kind. Of, it was kind of a weird injury. Like he, he maybe could have played in the second half, but he didn't. And then uh, Trey Lance came in and actually, unstatistically un- statistically looked okay, but actually I heard it wasn't that great. He had kind of had a busted coverage with Debo Samuel. Um, and you've got some other injuries for San Francisco. Trent Williams and then the great Robbie Gold. So uh, you know, Robbie Gold is probably as old as I am at this point.
0: And they, uh, they had to use Wisniewski to try and kick field goals last week, who is normally the punter. And as you would imagine, that did not go so well. Yeah, so uh, tough. after the game, though, I've been monitoring this all week. Jimmy G was had a presser after the game and basically told the reporters that I expect this is going to be a two to three week injury. I don't know where he got that information, but apparently right. he knows his ankle really well. And then, later, <laughs> and then later this week, Shanahan came out and said, I don't know, Garoppolo might play, but... I suspect, and I've heard a lot of folks saying that's just smoke. He wants the Cardinals to have to prepare for two separate quarterbacks and two separate game plans. And, yeah, when he said that, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah. and I think that Trey Lance, it, with a full week of preparation and a game plan that's actually suited for him, it could play well. So something yeah. we can talk about here a little bit later.
1: Yeah, I got him in some fantasy lineups, buddy, so I'm, I'm expecting that. Teddy Two Gloves, you know, this was <laughs> – we talked about this game. Um, the Ravens were our pick, but we thought, okay, Teddy, maybe a better defense caliber, you know, higher caliber opponent, but it didn't matter because when Teddy Two Gloves left the, left the game, Drew Locke came in with garbage, so we covered easily in that one. Um, and Drew Locke looks like he'll be starting – I think it's – so he's in the concussion protocol, Teddy. Is he out yet?
0: You know, uh, I don't think that they've officially made any rulings on um, on Bridgewater. I saw that he got in a limited practice today, whatever that means. It could be one percent or it could be ninety percent of practice, but uh, mm-hmm. just something that we'll have to monitor over the next two days. I think the line tells us that it's likely going to be Drew Locke, and right. so for what it's worth.
1: Now you got David Montgomery uh, torn ACL. I guess I missed that news. Is it so? He's out for the year.
0: You know, I, I read into that and uh, I went back to to back check that, but I think it was ex- anticipated to be a torn ACL, but I don't think that's been an official diagnosis quite yet.
1: Yeah, I know he's out like four to eight weeks or something. So maybe maybe it is isn't that serious, but um, he's out for you know regardless. So we'll see. He's still claiming that Dalton's coming back. I don't know why. Uh, <sighs> It's played pretty well, but you've got uh, Mac, Camille, uh, a and Akeem Hicks not practicing. So we'll see uh, they're going out to the Raiders, you know, and that's a huge game for Chicago fans. Everybody I know who's a Bears fan is flying out there this weekend. So it'll be home game for the Bears, roughly. Uh, Gronk has the broken ribs and a pinched lung. So he's, you know, he didn't play last week. We'll see if he plays this week. And, you know, Logan Thomas, as you've noted, he's on the IR uh, for Washington. So he's out for a while. And we've mentioned obviously Carlton Davis here for Tampa. So, you know, on these injuries, there's a lot of things mixing around. Let's jump into our indexes and, and stuff. I, I did the WEGS index officially. You know, I, I finally did some numbers. It's only four weeks, though, so realize there's a lot more volatility week to week. Uh, it doesn't, it makes sense to me that the Bills are number one. They should be the number one team. They, they're, they're playing incredibly. Uh, they may have got that first week loss, but they're number one, and they're by a lot uh, right now basically number one in almost every category you got the Cardinals at two in the index uh, Broncos at three despite the big loss Panthers at four Chargers at five makes sense they're playing great football they won a big game the Browns at six and Cowboys seven so to me this makes sense these are the teams that are playing pretty good right now I mean the Broncos maybe a little bit of a this is a action favorite term a paper tiger mm-hmm. but um, as well as the Panthers but you know for the for this season, these are the teams that are playing the best so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't think you could argue with this based on all these teams' stats. The Broncos' defense has been excellent, and obviously Carolina before the uh, the Cowboys game where they just put up gods and gods of yards and points on them. But uh, I think that uh, the Bills are a deserved number one, and y- mm-hmm. you'll see down below, I've listed the DVOA uh, ratings, and they show the Bills at number one too. So do. Uh, an epic game this weekend facing off against Kansas city and Arrowhead.
1: I know. I know. Um, And then the rest for the DVOA differences, and this is still with priors. We still got about a week or so Mm -hmm. before they fall off. You still got your chiefs at two bucks at three Ravens four, and then Rams at six. So a little bit different. I do think the differences there, you know, the way my metrics work and maybe eventually DVOA will catch up. It's the chiefs, bucks and Rams Their defenses Aren't playing that great. You know, so they're definitely winning games and and putting up points, uh, but the defenses aren't matching the offenses. And that's kind of where the index for my index works out. Yep. You've got some futures on, on Baltimore already. I'm interested in in why you went this route. Uh, so tell us about it.
0: Yeah. I uh, decided to pull the trigger the other day on Baltimore to win the Super Bowl and did a little shopping and found the best price in the market at 16 to Mm one. And, um, I just think that after the first week uh, going on the road on Monday night in Las Vegas, the Ravens have really just taken a, a downward perception within the market. And okay. you've seen that the last couple of weeks with the point spreads that that are popping up um, last week, especially against Denver. I think they were super undervalued, and obviously we played them in the contest. But mm-hmm. it really comes down to Lamar Jackson and his improved passing ability this year. you have really seen him throw some great deep balls that Marquise Brown couldn't catch in one week and then uh he finally caught one for us last weekend but i think that uh eventually we're going to see harbaugh on the offense open up that passing game a little bit more and uh they're going to run ramshot and i i like them to win the super bowl at Hmm. that number
1: now did you i I don't have our preseason stuff where did you have them in the preseason you know show did you have you picked them
0: i I think i picked the ravens yeah Yeah. so i had to put my money where my mouth is no, no, that's good.
1: you should. I mean, I think that given the teams, obviously, that's the best value. I'm sure the bills are a lot high, a lot lower, you know, value. Same with the Bucs and Chiefs. And even a team like the Cowboys, I probably would look at them right now. You know, I've been pumping them up for two years. But, you know, they probably still are you know, less value than this, I'd imagine, at this point. Well, let's jump into the – well, actually, we did want to note that there is a London game this week. I kind of jumped a little too early (laughs) two weeks ago, but um, they're playing. Obviously, it's not the Jags this week, but it's the Jets and Falcons which are playing. So that will be an early start on Sunday when we get to that game. Mm -hmm. For tonight's game, it will glaze over it, but it's a huge game in the the NFC West. The Rams in Seattle – Rams open as a short favorite, one point on the road, fifty-three point total, and now in the contest it's two and a half, as well as most of the market up to fifty-four and a half. You know, what are your thoughts on this game? Even though we won't make it for the contest,
0: I think the Rams are going to bounce back pretty well tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Another division game after a tough loss to Arizona last week, and I am really just happy to go against Seattle, especially their defense. I think they've been playing really poorly. And I also think that the offense is overrated even with Wilson. Uh, looked at the box score against San Francisco last week and it really didn't really show a dominant performance that it looked in the final score. So I think there's a value on the Rams. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, it was interesting you say that. I did write it up in the Wegspool article this week and the five things I, you know, learned. But um I heard on the radio because I wasn't watching this game that Seattle had negative yardage in the game against San Francisco midway through the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So they were dominated for a quarter and a half. And then there was a, a kind of a fluke fumble. There were some things that really helped Seattle kind of get, get going a little bit. And I do think Lance coming in, even though he played okay, it was probably a, a bit of a gut punch and they had to respond. So I do think Seattle, I'm sorry, Ridgeway, and I'm dogging about nothing sign us for flag football in the other league, but hey, I mean, Seattle's not that good. It's not a good team. And so unless their defense plays better, I I don't think the offense is going to match up that great. But we'll see. I mean, stranger things have happened on Thursday nights, especially with home teams. So I'm glad to stay away from this one, to be honest with you. So I I know you really want to get all over the Jets in Atlanta uh, in that first Wembley game. But Atlanta Open, I guess, is a four-point favorite. Now they're down to three in the contest. Forty-four point total is the opener. Now it's forty-six. I'm on the Jets, baby. I am <laughs> Jets all day. You know, it's funny. I you know, we talked about him last week. I was on that, I was I was with you on that with the Titans, and we we won that pick. I think this team's a little better than people think. Just a little. I mean, I do think that Wilson, you know, he's a little erratic and he's obviously trying to be a gunslinger, but you know, they're not that bad on defense, dude. Uh, you know, I just, when you when I do the index, sometimes, you know, you get a little suckered into things. But, you know, the Jets aren't a very good football team in general. But their defense is top 15 at 13th in yards against and 14th in points against. And, I mean, Atlanta obviously has gotten their offense going a little bit more. But I don't know. I don't know if it will travel. Obviously, it's a big thing going across the pond. But I like the Jets in this game.
0: Yeah, me too. I I think uh you touched on it that earlier when you brought up evaluating two teams on their merit and and looking at two teams that are pretty even. I think this is a really strong case for that example. I mean, you at first you might look at this and think that Atlanta's at home and they're not. So this is truly a neutral field and you're getting the Jets that are catching three points. And I think another positive key point to this is that robert sala has some good experience in traveling to london he's been an assistant coach on a team that's been in london the last three years and see so he, he knows how to prepare for this week and right. uh, i know he came out in the press and talked a lot about that early in the week and uh when you look at the defensive evaluations you are looking you're, you're talking about atlanta which is ranked 29th and the jets are ranked 18th they yeah. both are really towards the bottom on offense. So I think the defensive difference is probably where you're finding some value on the Jets. Yeah,
1: I'm a little surprised the Jets aren't favored, or at least it's a pick. I mean, these teams are pretty close, and I've actually got the Jets as better in the index. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe you will get on board with me. I mean, I know you loved the Jets last season. so
0: Yeah, one week <laughs> on the Jets, and now you're, you're a believer, huh? <laughs> I'm all in.
1: I'm all in, you know. Zach Wilson for president. All right, let's go to that next game is— the regular one o'clock Eastern game. Uh, T- uh, Tampa is hosting Miami. And we've kind of mentioned this before. Uh, Tampa open is a nine and a half point favorite at home, 49 and a half point total totals down to 48. And you've got a 10 point advantage for the Bucks, or that with uh, a favor by 10 interesting spot here. Action. I, I kind of feel like it's a stay away for me. I think that the Tampa is going to win the game. So we talk about, do they cover? Do they win? I think they're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Tens a lot of points. Um, but oh, man, Miami's the offense is bad. I mean, what what are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, I think uh, that it's really tough to find my or think about myself taking the points with Miami with how yeah. bad that they've been playing lately. I mean, you, I guess you have to figure that Prasad is going to have a better game just because of that crappy secondary that we've talked about. But mm-hmm. they're obviously not going to be able to run the ball at all, and it's going to be hard to maintain some uh, variety in the offensive play calling. Right. And uh, I mean, if this game were in Miami, I would probably look pretty hard at taking what would I expect to be a little bit shorter of a number. But I definitely don't want to play them on the road, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tom always bad in Miami, right? (laughs) But he's at home and, you know, they, they came off this big emotional game where they, you know, barely won. But they did win and now facing a lesser opponent. So, yeah, so tough one. All right, well, let's go to the next game. we got uh, Philadelphia is going to Carolina, and Carolina obviously got beat by Dallas. Dallas beat them pretty soundly, actually. Uh, Carolina opened as a four-point favorite at home, 46.5-point total. In the contest, it's down to three with a 45.5-point total, but consensus is three and a half. So there's a little value, which is one of these circa kind of predicting where they think the money's going to go. I'd be on Carolina with the three, bro. I, I don't. Am I missing something here?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm I see 3s pretty much everywhere across the market now, and mm. it does look like there's been some money that has come on the Philadelphia side for some reason. Um I, I mean, we touched on them last week. I think the Eagles really just aren't playing very well right now. And right. um the offense hasn't been moving the ball. They had I mean, they obviously put up a ton of points against the crappy Chiefs defense last week, but now that they're going to be stepping up in class a little bit, going against this Panthers defense. And I think that uh, even without McCaffrey, the offense looked pretty good last week for the Panthers. Darnold scored a couple more rushing touchdowns, and they put up plenty of points in their own right against the Cowboys defense. So I think that uh, laying three here is a pretty good number. I do think that the Eagles uh, defensive line is probably going to have an edge in this game. So okay. uh, may want to pause a little bit and dive into the numbers there a little bit in the trenches. But uh, I think we can certainly pencil it in as a maybe.
1: Okay. Let's put it on the yellow. I like it. I mean, it's one of my picks this week. So I do, you know, that Sam Darnold is leading the league in, in rushing touchdowns.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. Let's go to the next game. New Orleans, the most schizophrenic team in the NFL, goes to Washington Uh, This opened as a pick for Washington, I guess, pick, I guess, and then 43-point total. But the Saints are now a a 2.5-point favorite on the road, 44-point total. You know, I can't really predict this Saints team. I mean, I thought I did for the first couple weeks. Last week, I thought it was a big number, but I thought they'd win the game. I don't really like this. I don't like that they're laying points on the road here, uh, even though, you know, their defense, well, Tell me what happened with their defense last week, dude. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have a good answer for that either. Um, they certainly didn't play up to their really high standards against the Giants. I mm. mean, um, they still are have an edge over Washington certainly, and you know, you and I were trading some texts last week about how the Washington defense hasn't played up to their standards either this right. season. And um, I don't know. This one is a really tough one for me to call. I was really hoping to see a, a three point number on this game to look at taking Washington, but two and a half makes it tricky. The bet splits are interesting, though. The Saints are getting 74% of the tickets, but only like 55% of the money I'm seeing on my screen. So you have seen a little bit of a move up on the Saints, um, and I wonder if at some point there will be Washington money that comes back and moves this game down a little bit. I mean, we certainly could watch the line move the next – 48 hours and see see what happens. But yeah. I, I'm like you, I think that New Orleans has been a tough team to call this year and maybe we're better off staying away.
1: Yeah, I think it's a stay away spot. You know, both teams, we've actually been on both teams and I mean, New Orleans has won for us most of the time. Washington got came through finally, but it's a weird game to predict. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Washington has played actually their offense has been pretty good, defense has been bad and New Orleans I don't really know what to say. They you know it's not like it's a get up game for them. Like they're gonna it's a you know, divisional opponent or something like the you know, that Patriots matchup, which I felt strongly about. Well, let's go to the next game. Tennessee is going to Jacksonville. Um, and sorry, America, that somebody's banging on the wall outside apparently. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Tennessee is going to Jacksonville. Uh, Tennessee open as a seven and a half point favorite on the road and then the fifty-two-point uh, total this is all the way down to 4.5 in the contest, 48.5 point total, where the market's around 4, so it's about that. You know, it's interesting, this matchup, we didn't even talk about Irvin Meyer and <laughs> his, his dancing with the co-eds and, and where, God knows where I was, Columbus or Cincinnati or wherever he was. Um, supposedly he was visiting his grandkids. So I don't yeah. know if that was his granddaughter. I'm Maybe. not sure.
0: Maybe. A little close for a granddaughter. But,
1: <laughs> um, but that's been a big distraction. It's interesting this line has really moved towards the Jags from the opener, but the Titans aren't playing great football either. So any any thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to be real sneaky. And I, I last week on the look-ahead number, I kind of projected that Jacksonville would play better on Thursday night against Cincinnati, and yep. they did. And they I did. Well, obviously projected that the Jets were going to perform well against the Titans, so... I thought I would be real smart, and I took seven and a half points with the Jaguars, so I have that bet in the account. Good. And and I've got some pretty good closing line value now. We're looking at four or four and a half across the market. But the news cycle in the last seventy-two hours surrounding Urban Meyer is just disastrous, in my opinion. I can't imagine how he spent any time to prepare for the Titans. Right. And. I don't know. I just don't think I can look past that. I had to buy out of the bet. I, I went mm-hmm. back and laid the Titans at the current number of four and a half, and hopefully I'll get lucky and hit a middle there. Uh, yeah, but, I think
1: you've got a middle situation here.
0: Yeah, I mean, seven is certainly a good number to have as a middle, so mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that it'll turn out that way. But I don't see how you could even think about betting Jacksonville after the news cycle in the last several days.
1: No, I agree. I agree. It's Titans are past now. Which is tough because, you know, the Titans, it's not just the showing against the Jets because I think, as we talked about, the Jets' defense isn't terrible, but it's more about I don't know what this team's doing. Like, their defense is bad, the yeah. Titans. And on offense, yeah, they can run Henry, but those receivers probably still out. I mean, they, they got it done late against the Jets, but you can't see that every week, you know.
0: I did see that A.J. Brown practice today, though. However, that popped across my newsfeed, so that kind of intrigued me. But I still don't think that I'm interested in buying the Titans with that defense. I mean, um, uh, Trevor Lawrence played really well last week. It was his first like pretty good game as a pro. Mm-hmm. And I would think that Jacksonville could have some success against the Titans defense, too. So sure. maybe it's better to stay away.
1: Sounds like a stay away action. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this NFC North matchup, Detroit going to Minnesota Minnesota putting as an eight point favorite, forty eight and a half point total. It's all the way up to nine and a half consensus and in the contest. Forty-nine point total. Uh it was tough last week. I mean Minnesota got stymied by a really good defense. Detroit's not that good defense. Um but it's a lot of points delay for a road I mean for a division road dog, right? I mean, this is kind of what the Josh Applebaum would say. You gotta, you know, maybe not the big number, but this is a big number delay. And Detroit, God, they stuck last week. But it was more just turnovers. They, I mean, Jared Goff was moving the ball, and the first defense, I think, is better than Minnesota's. So I don't know. What are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, oh shoot, I lost my screen. But um, the Lions picked up a few more injuries again this week. Mm-hmm. They now are going to be without Penae Sewell, the rookie offensive lineman, and yep. I mean, they're really were kind of running relying on the run game, DeAndre Swift. And I think that uh, the Vikings defense actually might be set up to have some success against them this week. They're 14th ranked in DVOA. And on the flip side, I think that the Lions defense is just getting worse every week that I see them out there. And I was kind of considering laying the points with the Vikings here. This Mm -hmm. number got steamed midweek from seven and a half up to nine and a half. And I was really kind of hoping I could get a seven, but I think that there's between seven and a half and nine and a half is not a huge move. And I think it might be a a little bit of a contrarian play, probably a low picked game too. Well, no
1: question. (laughs) Nobody jumping on board Minnesota at nine and a half, you know, against Detroit. So I guess we could pass on as yellow. Maybe you can talk into it just as a contrarian play. Um, I don't know. Okay. You think that the, you know, sometimes one of my buddies, Curtis, she doesn't listen much, but I play softball with him. He's like, we want to be on the side of the books. So, do you think that you know Minnesota would be the what the books need?
0: <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> I would yeah. expect that the books are going to be cheering for the Lions on Sunday.
1: Right, exactly. So, but you know, it doesn't mean that it's a good pick. I just you know, I think about sometimes.
0: I do think that uh, despite last week's outcome, Minnesota still has probably the strongest home field advantage number as mm-hmm. well in the league.
1: They do. It just tells you how good that, because, I mean, Baker wasn't good. I mean, it tells you how good Cleveland was, you know, mm-hmm. defense. Yep. All right, here's an interesting game, Denver against Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Denver Open as a two-point favorite originally, four, half point total. Now it's a pick where um, Steelers are favored in a lot of spots. You know, Drew Locke is probably going to start this game. I guess this is what the line is telling you. Obviously, if he doesn't, we'd probably jump all over it, right, for the mm-hmm. Broncos. If um, Teddy Two Gloves is there, you know it's hard for me. I, I, Pittsburgh's in a, down, a tailspin, right? I mean, they've got to win at some point, so maybe this is the spot. Um, but Denver, you know, they didn't play good against you know Baltimore at least offensively, but their defense is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I can back Pittsburgh here. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do here.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't want any part of Pittsburgh. I think. I think that Ben Roethlisberger might be a worse quarterback than Drew Locke right now. Wow.
1: This just in.
0: <laughs> and uh, the rest of stuff. Podcast. What? Yeah. I was really hoping that the Broncos would somehow be catching points in this game because I would love to back their defense against that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. I, I think this number, the total, opened at 41.5 and is down below 40 in a lot of spots right now, and I I don't see how that, that number is still too high, I think. This is going to be a super low-scoring game, and uh, I think that my the only way I would go about this game is by taking Denver. But I, I'm not sure that it would make my top five, though.
1: Yeah, with uh, Drew Locke at the helm, mm-hmm. he's not good. He's not no. good. Okay, well, let's just you know we'll we'll see if you know we oh Teddy Two Gloves is playing. Then everybody's gonna pick it though, you know. it's right. so, True. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go to the next one at the one o'clock window. We've got Green Bay against Cincinnati. Uh, Green Bay obviously did cover against Pittsburgh. They played well. Uh, they're three. They and opened as a three-point favorite on the road. Forty-eight point total. Uh, now it's up to fifty-one point total, but the same spread, thirty-three uh, points for the pack. I'm on the Bengals again, buddy. I'm on the Bengals. I know who, who are we talking to? Is this action in in, in comment here <laughs> taking these dogs? But you know Green Bay's been really good um, at home at least. they've obviously played well the last couple of games, but this Bengals defense isn't is pretty good. they're they're really they're really well coached. They've got a good defensive line. I kind of like them in this spot. I mean three points is you know could open yourself up to a push situation, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the bungles here. It's weird to say that, but I, I do like them.
0: yeah, I I, uh, I agree. And I think this is a number that might actually get down below the three, believe it or not, by kickoff. I I think that uh, you've seen a ton of action on the Bengals this week from pro bettors. And uh, I'm not sure that it's going to subside, although it might bounce between two and a half and three all weekend. And uh, the Packers defense, although they've had some pretty good outcomes the last couple of weeks, I don't think the numbers are matching up to that. And, uh, Joe Mixon is a little banged up, but I expect, whether it's Mixon or P. Ryan, that the Bengals are going to be running the ball a lot on Sunday. And I think even though the Niners couldn't do it two weeks ago, it was the handicap, I think that the Bengals are going to have a pretty good running day against the Packers defense. And yeah. uh, so and also is... Jair Alexander is out too for the Packers, who is their number one corner, and I think they're going to miss him quite a bit on Sunday.
1: And Marquez valdez Scanling, he's out. I mean, they, you know, so I mean, look, Rogers is Rogers, he's great, but this is one of these spots where, okay, maybe they go in and maybe they win the game. I I think, I mean, look, this is early for the weggs index. This is a weggs index call. The Bengals are better in the WEGS index than the Packers. I know this is crazy to say, yeah. but. I mean, they're, they're seventh in yards against and eighth in scoring. I mean, they're in defensively. So, I don't know. I, I like this spot quite a bit. I'm definitely going to bet this game one way or another. I probably will tease this, be a tease up to nine, you know, Okay. You know, for me, for the for the Bengals, just to make myself feel better. But I wouldn't, you know, I might be talking to a money line spot here, actually, for the Bengals. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think uh, a little nibble on the money line with the Bengals is a good call, too. Sure
1: all right let's go to the last game in the one o'clock window and that's new england against houston uh, new england open as a seven and a half point favorite 41 and a half point total but now it's up to eight and a half in the contest and thirty-nine and a half point total a little down they're actually nine across the board you know for most of the spots we look at interesting situation here we know houston sucks i mean we, we were it's official they're terrible they may mail it in all season maybe we're just go for it um But it's a lot of points for this Patriots offense. I I know that Mac Jones played well, but they didn't put the ball in the end zone much. You know, it was it was they played well in the rain. And, you know, you have a Tampa second and it was garbage. And, you know, Houston's not not great either, but it's a lot of points to lay on the road for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a team that averages 17.8 points a game. Now (laughs) they have to win by nine and a half. (laughs) I think that's uh, probably not not a great proposition but you are i mean the other side of the coin is that bill belichick has absolutely trounced rookie quarterbacks throughout his entire career and davis mills is another rookie quarterback who just lost 40 to 0 to the bills <laughs> so uh, yeah. i definitely think that new england could potentially cover this number but it might take a couple of defensive scores to do it and i'm not interested in betting on that
1: right me neither stay away it's like stay away week, you know, week five, stay away week. It's,
0: it is a tough week.
1: All right, well, let's go to the next game. This is the 4 o'clock window. This is the game we mentioned before. The Bears go to Vegas. Bears get the big win against the Lions. Uh, I mean, obviously, Fields look better, although he, he isn't the starter, or maybe he's the starter. I don't know if he's the starter. Who knows? Uh, Vegas open as a 7-point favorite at home, 45-point total. This is down to 5.5 um, uh, in, the, in the contest, and then 44.5-point total. I think this total is low. I, I feel like it's a low total. Not that the Bears can score a lot, but Vegas has put up numbers, right? Yeah. Um,
0: the, but Raiders defense has been better, though. Yeah. You think that's a factor in the total number here?
1: It must be. They must just think that okay, that the Bears beat up on the Lions, they're gonna stink on the road. But I think you know, with the crowd being in the favor of the Bears, I think they're gonna score some points. I just don't know if they'll win the game. So five and a half's kind of a big number. Um, but I probably would back the Raiders here if I had to pack pack a side. Actually, I have the number exactly at five and a half, so it's it's kind of where it should be. But it's just a kind of a weird weird uh, line for you know the NFL to back it in the contest.
0: Yeah, I mean you saw an opener of seven go down to five and a half, so mm-hmm. it looks like there's some money on the Bears coming in. You wonder if that's just all your friends getting there a week or a couple days early and putting the bets down. I don't know, maybe. But this is a Khalil Mack revenge game. True, true. We'll see if he's going to play, however. <laughs> right. And I saw that Akeem Nix is on the entry report too, which I think he's probably more important than Mack. It, I mean, the, the numbers with Akeem Hicks on the field versus him off the field are drastic for the Bears' defense. Right. And I also think that um, the Raiders running back is getting a little bit healthier, played uh, more on Monday night. Jacobs, mm-hmm. thank you. You yeah, play. Pretty- I I would probably side with the Raiders if we were going to play this game, honestly. But I don't really have any strong convictions about it.
1: Yeah, I know our proxy is conflicted. You know, now he's a Raiders oh, fan. yeah. Born born Bears fan. I want to see if he's wearing you know two jerseys and pulls one off when somebody's winning. <laughs> but I'm happy to stay away from this one action. Although you know I know that everybody's going to be that I know is going to have action on this game just because of the opponent. <laughs> Let's look at the next one. It is more of a marquee game. I'm hoping to see it locally. Of course, I probably won't be able to, but uh, Cleveland is playing the Chargers. Uh, Cleveland, it, you know, basically it was a pick game, opened it up and then it's a 15 and a half point total on the opener. The Chargers are now favored by two in the contest, a 47 point total, so it ticked down. Uh, I, I like the Browns here, buddy. I, I don't, I like the Chargers. You know, first of all, we talked about them before I think Staley is the coach they needed to win these closer games. They're playing much better. They're more prepared. You can see that. Herbert is great. He's looking amazing. But this Browns defense is legit. So the only handicap here that we have to discuss is Baker Mayfield, who I understand has a partially torn labrum. Did you hear that?
0: Yeah, and uh, left shoulder, though. Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, I understand that's probably painful. <laughs>
1: Apparently, <laughs> right. it, it's making him miss wide open receivers. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you think about this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it on the head that the Baker Mayfield is the question mark in this one because the um, I think I would expect that the Staley led defense of the Chargers is going to make him throw the ball. That I I think mm-hmm. they'll probably load up to the box to try to stop the Browns rush offense and make him go against what is probably the strength of his defense, the secondary. Right. But I also looking at DVOA and seeing that the chargers are 25th ranked against the run. So Mm -hmm. I, I hope that the Browns will try to stick to the run and really grind this one out make it a little bit of a lower scoring affair and have some success on the ground, which has been their strong suit all season. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side i'm wondering if the browns pass rush can get home to herbert i think that's another another key to the game
1: right rush him a little bit it was interesting in the game against the raiders because the raiders pass rush isn't that bad it's pretty good mm-hmm. they were hitting other guys they you know they didn't throw to keenan allen much they didn't throw to mike williams they were just dumping off to you know tight ends and running backs and stuff so you know i think eckler could have a big game if they're just doing the little dump offs i don't know though I, We'll see. This is a huge game, and we can obviously – it's not one of those primetime games, but it's definitely going to be a heavily bet game. Um, But, you know, like I said, I lean to the Chargers. If we have to stay away from it, I'll be okay with it. But, you know, I definitely like them in a spot.
0: Wait, sorry. You you lean to the Browns, right?
1: Browns, I'm sorry. Did I say Chargers? Yeah, Yeah, my bad.
0: No, I'm right in line with you. I think that we should color this one yellow. Okay. I I mean, I also wanted to mention you saw a pretty serious move on the under – just yesterday from 49 down to 47 yep. and i think that's kind of telling where a lot of these betters are expecting the game plans to roll out for both teams you're going to see a running clock and right. uh indicative of a lower scoring game but it's only two so not a ton of value with the lower scoring game so we'll have to chat yeah, and
1: about number any. right i mean because the sevens isn't that how it works or is is 50
0: 50- more so these days you see 45 47 yeah. and 51 that are the three big keys and totals.
1: Okay. There you go. You heard it here. Action gives it to you. All right. Well, let's talk about the NFC East matchup the Giants against the uh, Cowboys. The Cowboys uh, opened up as an eight and a half point favorite at home, 49.5 point total. The total's all the way up to 52 now. So through that key number. And the Cowboys are a seven point favorite in the contest. And the Dallas has been doing what, I mean, i got to be honest with you, I mean, we took them. They've been doing what we want them to do. They're kind of laying waste to the the league right now. They lost on opening night and have played great the last three weeks. Dallas is one of those teams that, you know, we didn't trust last year. Seven points is a lot for a divisional road game though, or road, you know, dog with the Giants. Uh, I'm sure you're going to probably say the Giants are a live dog here.
0: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, just a scream spot for a Dallas letdown. And they always, always play crappy at home against the Giants. You know, I mean, last year the Giants were catching seven and a half and they covered in a three-point loss. Two years ago, Dallas did cover. Um, But the Giants are a live dog in this game Mm -hmm. and, and especially in NFC East games historically. And I think after the Daniel Jones performance last week, and I did read that either one or both of those receivers are trending to be back in the lineup this weekend against Dallas. So I think the Giants offense is going to have some success, and even though it is a pretty big total, up to 52 now, getting a touchdown I think is a, a big number.
1: It is. It is a big number. Um, well, let's put it as yellow, even though it's going against my my Cowboys here this year, who I think they're going to be good. But um, it is such a big number for a divisional road fold, so I, I see that. Let's look at San Francisco and Arizona now. Uh, San Francisco had the big letdown. We talked about Trey Lance likely starting, and Arizona's setting the world on fire. Uh, Arizona opened as a a 2.5-point favorite at home, 52.5-point total, all the way up to 5.5 in the contest, 50-point total now, a little bit down. I don't know, dude. Um, I like this Cardinals team, but... It feels like a letdown spot here, and it feels like San Francisco has to make a statement. Everybody's thinking Trey Lance sucks. He could have a big game here, so I'd probably be on San Francisco, but I don't know if I can actually click that in the contest, yeah. but I'd probably be on the dog here.
0: I think this is probably my strongest pick of the week. I, I think this is what I call the a zigzag special. The entire mm-hmm. world is watching the Arizona Cardinals beat down the Rams last week. Mm-hmm. They're not 4-0 the last undefeated team three and one against the spread and San Francisco just locks their starting quarterback Jimmy G he has a poor ankle injury Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean the look ahead number on this game was going to be two and a half and now we're seeing five and a half and on my drive home today I was thinking that I'm going to hold out for a six and maybe even pay a little extra couple of cents of juice to get by it up to the six but Just Mm -hmm. this afternoon, there was a wave of money that came in on San Francisco, and now it's down to four and a half and five across the market. And I think that it's going to continue going that direction because I think the Niners are the side here. And uh, I believe that they're going to have a pretty good run game this weekend. Mm -hmm. The the Cardinals' defense has been pretty good, but they're actually 31st ranked, giving up 5.4 yards per carry. And I think that uh, the Niners and Shanahan are going to have something ready for them.
1: Yeah, and this is the other leg of the teaser for me. I will tease this right. game uh to ten and a half or whatever, you know, whatever it falls at ten. But I may actually do money line on this one too. I think this is one of those that you're getting value. It's two and a half in the opener. Difference between Jimmy G and Lance is it three points? A lot of people feel that way. I don't really feel think that way. It's gonna be a totally different game plan when they have Lance in the lineup. Maybe not a la, you know Lamar Jackson, but you know, running backs always do well when they have running quarterbacks. And as you said, you know, they can open it up and, and run the ball both from the quarterback position and then in the backfield, and then it'll open up play-action pass. So I'm with you here, Action. So maybe this is when we're, we're on in the same side. So nice. Was- so we've got the two primetime games. One of them is epic. You know, this is Sunday night. Uh, Buffalo's going to K- uh, Kansas City. Uh, Buff- uh, Kansas City opened as a four-point favorite at home, 56-point total. In the contest, it's only two and a half with a 57-point total. I've heard, maybe I misheard this, but in Mahomes' career, I think he's never been favored by less than three points at home ever in his career, or something like that. That's what I've heard. Um, so this is a unique spot, but um, you know, all the metrics are telling me to take Buffalo because I think they're the better team, but it's hard to do that, isn't it? Because uh, we, you know, we're, we're the Chiefs, actually. They came through last week uh, for the first time in uh, you know a season and a half almost. Um, what do you think in this game?
0: Yeah, I mean it's really hard to envision either of these defenses stopping the opposing offense, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking 100 points. No, I mean I think the total is 57. But yep. I I like you was um, thinking that the Bills had to be the side in this game. Really disappointed to see two and a half. Me nope. too. To be honest, I I personally took three, and I also put in a bet on the Bills money line already, because I think that this is a game where they're really going to be ready to get their revenge from last year. Sure. However, though, I mean the Chiefs are going to be ready to play too. If they lose this game, they're going to drop to one and four, two and four, or two no, and two two and three. Three, yeah. And essentially, they would be three games two. back.
1: Yeah, two, two and three, two and three,
0: right. They would be three games back of Buffalo and with a loss. So I think that they're going to be uh, equally motivated to win this game. Obviously, it's a huge game in the AFC. Mm-hmm. So um, while I think the Bills are certainly going to be able to score at will against the Chiefs, I think that Patrick Mahomes and company are equally suited to do the same. And right. I'm kind of thinking that, we should stick to our plan and avoid primetime games. Game. Yeah. <laughs> good
1: call. good call. <laughs> Yeah. This is definitely a, a Wegg's index special. It'll test the, the index because <coughs> Kansas city's not good in the index, mainly because of that damn defense. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they suck. Mm-hmm. Um, huge. Diff- this is the biggest differential between all opponents in the index action. And that's how I do it. You're like, wow. Oh, they're, that's crazy. But the chiefs are just not that great. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, we'll see. I like the stay away spot in this case. I'm sure a lot of people will be on this game, you know, everywhere. So I'll be happy to just watch it and see what happens.
0: Yeah, cheer for lots of points, like everyone else in America.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, 57. Damn. Okay, so I- Indianapolis and Baltimore is the, the last one of this one. This is the you know the move out bowl, right? The Colts and <laughs> who <moved to> Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore, and then they play. They go back to Baltimore. So Baltimore is a, opens a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 49-and-a-half-point total. It's up to seven in the contest with 46, so the total came down, probably mainly because the Colts aren't great, right, uh, on offense. But seven points, a lot of points anytime. And uh, the Colts' defense, I mean, they showed a little bit against Miami, right? They played better. With that 46-point total, I, I'm not feeling great about the seven either, so I'm happy to stay away from this game too.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to stay away too. I don't really know which way to go in this one, I would probably lean to the Ravens. Um, I, I think that they're going to have success on the ground game and on the flip side. I'm not sure that the Indianapolis rushing attack will be able to fare as well as they did last week against Miami.
1: Right, right. Agreed, agreed. So let's let's stay away. Yes.
0: I'm in. I'm in. Sunday, Monday night, we avoided them both. Look at that.
1: <laughs> let's do it. We did it again. So then we'll go over our best candidates. Uh, we may not be 100% on these, but the Jets, you know, getting the points in in um, London, Carolina. We'll see where that, you know, we're thinking about maybe that favorite, a uh, little bit shorter favorite. we got the Bengals. I like the Bengals uh, you know, getting the points at home in that one. You know, the Brownies, you know, we're, we're talking about them and that defense getting points on the road. I guess I'll pull the bills off of that. We've got the uh, Niners on the road against Arizona. And then did we talk about the Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. You know, we're talking about maybe maybe going contrarian on that one and, and land that big number of nine and a half. So, did uh, I miss anything? Oh, the Giants. Of course, yeah, this is the the, the action special. That's uh, the 20, The seven point dogs on the road against Dallas. Uh, the steamroller that is the Cowboys. So,
0: we got some options yeah. down on Saturday morning. A few green highlights too. It's always a good starting point for our conversation on Saturday.
1: That's right. Narrows narrows the field. When we go to the contest update, obviously there were five entries that finished eighteen and two, so they split that money. It's usually only I think top three spots, but they they went all in and eighteen and two, so they split, I don't know, hundred grand a piece or seventy-five grand, which is good money. There's another fourteen at seventeen and three. So we've got some, you know, places to met, uh, you know to make up. We were four and one last week, so without that really bad week, we'd kind of be in the hunt. We're just under a 1,000 placed at 996th right now at 12 and 8, which is exactly where we were last year, actually.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can continue the 4 and 1s and and not the flip <laughs> side so that we can maintain this good pace and stay in the top third. I mean, I can't ask for much more after four weeks. Top third is a great spot to be.
1: Yeah, I think we're top quarter. To be honest, it's over 4,000 uh, entries, so we're, we're we're doing okay. 25th percentile is good. We just, to get the money, we got to get a lot closer, but you know, this is what happens. You know, people start off hot, usually us too, um, and then you know, kind of when when the numbers get tighter, it gets a lot harder to figure it out, for Definitely. sure. Um, okay, great. Well, hey, it's going to be a great weekend of football. Not shockers football, but um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll adjust and looking forward to it. Follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at uh, wegg's Pool on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And follow me on Twitter at Thirty One S Roberts
1: all right everybody good luck and let's let's keep cashing tickets
0: that's a wrap for this episode of the side action podcast we appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us we'll see you all again next week on thursday for some more hot picks and side action